Welcome to The State of the Garden. This is the official podcast of the New Jersey Cannabis Industry Association. I'm your host, Tom Marshall. So welcome to the third State of the Garden podcast. If you guys remember, this is the official podcast of the New Jersey Cannabis Industry Association. I'm your host, Tom Marshall, and today we're starting what we hope will become a regular type of episode, which we're calling a legislative update. Uh, we'll come up probably with a more catchy sounding name. <laughs> but for now, um, in our group, we have two primary lobbyists. These are people that work in our capital, Trenton, New Jersey, and uh, they're in the government. They're involved in their day jobs, and they're also heavily involved uh, for our campaign. And um, today with me, I have Tim White. Hi, Tim. How are you? Doing well, Tom. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. The purpose of this podcast is to catch us all up on what's actually going on with the legislation. Um, you know, the ultimate goal is full legalization. But along the way, we're going to have, you know, pitfalls and minor victories and some major ones. And um, I'd like to outline these. And of course, the ultimate purpose is that maybe some other states can listen to us and uh, learn from our mistakes and learn from our successes as they try to legalize as well. So, um, Tim, with you right down in it, you know, getting getting dirty and the <laughs> legislation, uh, one of the big items in the news that we can, we all pretty much as New Jersey residents have noticed was that there was a, a victory, at least for the pro-cannabis side, right? Um, with regard to medical. Yes. Could you kind of outline that a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, let, let me start by saying, just to add on to what you were saying before, I think it's um, a great idea that we're going to start using this podcast as a way, among other things, to educate and inform the public as to what's going on in Trenton um, with regard to the expansion of New Jersey medical marijuana program, which we're going to talk about in a second, and um, eventually working towards legalization of adult use marijuana here in New Jersey. So as you've seen over the last, I'd say, you know, six months, ever since uh, Governor Murphy was first elected in November and, and really starting at the early stages of the transition, picking up steam in the beginning of his administration once he got sworn in in, in January, things are moving fast in Trenton. We've seen more progress progress on this issue, both on the medical side and adult use than we've seen um, in New Jersey's history. And I think this podcast will, will um, and these continual series of podcasts, will give the public, um, legislators, interested uh, individuals, members of our association, um, sort of a, a way that they could stay informed and updated on, on the things that are moving quickly in Trenton. One of the things, Tom, that, that you mentioned was uh, uh, last week was a, a significant milestone uh, in New Jersey's history with regard to patient access and capacity in New Jersey's medical marijuana program. What was that date, just so we can memorialize it? Um, so that was last Tuesday. So that was March. So we're in 2018 right now. That was March uh, 27th. 27th. Yep. Okay. So um, March 27th, Governor Murphy held a press conference at which he announced the Department of Health's recommendations to expand New Jersey's medical marijuana program. Um, this comes off on the heels of his uh, executive order number six, which he signed on January 23rd, instructing the department to come back with these recommendations. Um, and, and just one point, important uh, point of note, 
um, that order was signed a week after he was inaugurated. So that just goes to show you how big of a priority this is uh, to, to our new governor and the new administration. Anybody that's been around uh, politics here in New Jersey for any amount of time could tell you things don't move quickly, <laughs> usually. Right. Uh, and to see this type of, of um, importance given to this issue and the fact that Governor Murphy was in office for a week and you know uh, probably hadn't unpacked all the things in his office yet and he was already signing an executive order laying out the specifics of what he wanted out of a, a an expanded mar medical marijuana program uh, and the fact that the day after the department submitted it to him he held the press conference so you could tell that the the governor's not letting um, grass grow beneath his feet on this issue and he's really moving it along just about as fast as you could possibly imagine it right um, and and with your guys help now so yeah. did people within our organization uh, NJCIA mm -hmm. help come up with those recommendations for the Department of Health? Well, certainly um, we worked um, internally as an association with our legal counsel, with uh, Hugh O'Byrne, our president, um, certainly Dara and, and uh, a couple of us had put together sort of industry standards and recommendations um, on how we could best expand the medical marijuana program in New Jersey with the same ultimate goal that the governor has um, to increase patient access. I mean, okay. that's what, what it's really all about. It's expanding it, not just to expand it, it's expanding it to encourage physician participation, to allow for easier patient, patient participation, and to allow for um, adequate capacity. Because yes. as we've seen in New Jersey, um, as I sit here now uh, on April 4th, 2018, um, we have an underserved patient population here in New Jersey. Right. Just uh, to recap, under the Chris Christie administration, medical marijuana in New Jersey was legal, but it was not sort of favored by that administration. And it was marijuana and cannabis was treated sort of as a very last resort correct. kind of treatment. So you had to be extremely ill, and, you know, possibly even dying to be able to be prescribed that. Yes. So yep. now now you're saying that's changed. What Could you outline a few of the major changes? Sure. Uh, first, for just a little bit of context. So um, Governor Corzine's last day in off office, he signed the, um, the bill that allowed for our current medical marijuana program in New Jersey. Mm. During the eight years that followed that, uh, Governor Christie uh, purposefully kept the medical marijuana program um, the way it was, uh, while other states went ahead and improved their programs, expanded medical categories eligible for programs, expanded capacity. New Jersey stayed stagnant. Um, we allowed in our first attempt to implement the program six vertically integrated dispensaries. And that means all in one facility, you could grow, uh, you could process uh, the, the cannabis and you could dispense. So in those eight years, the industry stayed stagnant, except for that the one exception of add, adding PTSD as a uh, as a qualified category. Um, and now, Governor Murphy was elected in November, and you know, advocates took a look at our program and realized how woefully inadequate it was. Uh, we have under fifteen thousand patients enrolled in the program right now. Um, just to give you a comparison of a state that's roughly the same size and population and has. Uh, a, a more robust program. We look at Michigan, where there's over 200,000 medical patients in Michigan. So um, we're, we're seeing statistics that say that New Jersey could have about 250,000 patients. So wow. you're talking about a significant expansion from 15 
to possibly you know well over two hundred thousand. That's a that's an incredible expansion. The other indications, the only thing that I really have as a point of reference is I've been to California, and there you can basically you can very easily qualify for medical marijuana if you're a resident. And the indications can be as non-restrictive as trouble sleeping or anxiety correct, or a bad back. Is that kind of going to be what's happening here? Or is it going to need, require a doctor? How, how does that work? Well, I think two things. So um, again, the goal of this, ex- this particular expansion was to increase patient accessibility. And one of the largest hurdles to patient access to the program was on the physician side, actually. So oh. what we saw was physicians were required to register for the program. As a part of that registration, your name and address as a physician would go up on, a, on the state's uh, website, under the Department of Health's website, um, and you would have to pay a fee to enter the program. Uh, so these are doctors that can prescribe. Yes. If you're eligible. Exactly. And now that's been waived. That's been eliminated, the registration process. Oh, great. So that cannabis is now being treated in New Jersey like like any other prescription drug in that a physician doesn't need to take those extra steps to register for the program that any physician now in the state of New Jersey under the new program could prescribe medical marijuana in the same way that doctor could prescribe um, antibiotics for somebody who has a flu. In the same in the same way, without taking that additional step to register, um, and, and frankly, it was a little bit of a sort of a, a, a reputational hurdle that some doctors had. They didn't want to be they didn't want their names on the website um, for you know maybe reputational reasons or or weren't comfortable enough taking that next step. But now um, that those barriers are eliminated. Okay. So what we're going to so their name more... doesn't have to go up. Correct. Um, okay, I see. So now, when is the actual day that I'll be able to walk into my doctor and say I have anxiety or I have a I have a, a terrible back pain and I would like to attempt to treat it with uh, cannabis? Good question. So um, on the day of the governor's press conference on the twenty seventh, those um, additional ca- expanded categories um, and conditions that qualify for the program were automatically added to New Jersey's program. So that effective on March 27th, that was last week, uh, patients who um, have any of the existing qualified categories in addition to the expanded qualified categories that the governor announced last Tuesday would automatically be eligible for the program. Okay, so you're saying today. Today. Okay. Correct. All right. I don't know any of, uh, a couple of my pals have asked if, if, uh, they can do that. And I've told them I'm not 100% sure. So mm-hmm. now I can say yes, 100% yes. Okay. That's great. Now, will this cause a run on the existing supply? Good question. Uh, on the industry side, this is a, an issue that we took a, a look at and, and focused on as a major part of our recommendations. Um, the issue here is as popular as the medical uh, marijuana program expansion is, there's some logistical realities to it where um, if we're expecting this market, this patient base to grow from 15,000 or a little under 15,000 to possibly over 200,000 in in, in the next few months, um, we need to make sure that the industry has the capacity to serve it. And the industry meaning um, cultivators, processing facilities and um, dispensaries. Because we can't get anything from out of state. This is all within state. Absolutely. Because of, um, you know, the cannabis is still a schedule one narcotic narcotic on the federal level. You can't transport product um, across state lines. So basically we, we have to make sure that the industry that we're proposing 
and supporting here in New Jersey can support the added demand, uh, the added patient demand. Is there any data yet, or is it still too early to, to see what's happened well, so far? There's no data yet because I mean we're we're uh, a week after the announcement, right. but I thought the governor and the Department of Health were really clever in the way they um, sort of anticipated that. And what I mean was the the six existing as a part of this announcement and the rollout, the six existing facilities in New Jersey were automatically given two more licenses, one for cultivation and one for dispensing, in addition to what they already have. So those existing operations, um, and some of them, I, I know the owners and, and operators very well, they're well positioned to um, expand their cultivation. Each of them can almost create this, a second yeah, business. quickly, I you know, relatively quick in the right. next couple of months. Whereas some other, and so that's one part of it. So the existing facilities were given two more um, licenses in, in to uh, cultivate and to dispense. So automatically, we're double. In the next, we're going to double, right? But still, that's not enough. No. So what what the regulations also propose are another round of um, applications that will be accepted by the state of New Jersey um, in three of those categories, the three specific categories, the first being cultivation, the second being manufacturing processing, and the third being dispensing. Um, the department has not set a definitive date as to when they're going to be accepting applications for the, the expand, expanded program. Um, but based on, and this is my opinion now, but based on what we've seen in the progress um, uh, and importance that the governor has put on expanding the medical program, I would foresee the state looking to accept applications um, as soon as uh, the next maybe 60, 90 days. Okay, so now these are applications for growing and dispensing permits? And and, um, and uh, manufacturing and processing. So I the see. three okay. separate categories. So would one permit get all three, or you, you separately apply for each of those? Uh, you separately apply for each of those. However, okay. theoretically, an operator could apply for um, a license in all three categories at one time. Now, this might get a little bit out of your realm, the legislative realm. Where does the line form for getting <laughs> those licenses and those permits? I would assume because this is this rollout is so important and the expansion of this medical program is so important um, that the the state is going to be very careful and judicious in the way they they review and approve these applications. Uh, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny to make sure. Yeah, to make sure. I mean, it's a really uh, it's almost a zero failure proposal where you, you don't want the industry to collapse. You don't want to. Um, if you're the state, you don't want to give licenses to operators who you're not confident would be able to open in a in a relatively reasonable amount of time. And and like like we were we were saying before, um, the need to supply this industry efficiently is is a very important component to this. So I would expect that the state and the Department of Health are going to be very judicious when reviewing these applications and only approve sort of the best of the best and the most qualified as possible to. To make sure we have the most qualified operators. So now in, in New Jersey, uh, indoor growth is a is a reality. We, it's almost mandatory just based on our climate. Um, does that mean that as we're driving on the turnpike and we see these warehouses, some of them or many of them maybe will be repurposed as, as growth facilities? Absolutely. Um, what we'll probably see here in New Jersey is a little mixture of um, some greenhouse grows, some outdoor greenhouse grows in uh, facilities. Um, in some rural areas like Warren County, Sussex County, parts of Hunterdon, where you 
traditionally see um, agriculture crops. and, and yep. crops and, and existing um, greenhouse facilities. So some of those greenhouse facilities are well prepared to convert over to cannabis. Hmm. Um, some of them, uh, that we're, we have farms here in New Jersey that are growing hydroponic um, organic vegetables and, and herbs that could easily be turned over to cannabis I see. Uh, within a couple of days. So some, a cornfield, if you see corn, that doesn't necessarily translate to uh, good conditions for Correct. marijuana. Yeah. But yeah. herbs, yes? Yes, because of the indoor, yeah, when you were talking about totally enclosed oh, okay. um, indoor greenhouses um, that are climate controlled, humidity controlled, um, those types of facilities would be good for growing cannabis. In addition, as you mentioned before, New Jersey has a you know most very significant urban populations, urban areas with um, industrial parts of certain towns, uh, lots of open uh, warehouse space, flex industrial space. Um, in other states, we've seen where operators would come in. Uh, either lease or buy an existing facility, um, old warehouse space, for example, retrofit it in a way that is uh, suitable to to growing uh, high quality. A cannabis. lot of expensive lights. Basically. Oh, a lot of expensive lights, security, and, and all water. the rest. Absolutely. So yeah. There, there's yeah. So you're going to see, I think, a mix of some urban warehouse cultivation sites and with some some outdoor greenhouse sites in the more uh, you know suburban uh, areas of of the state. Interesting. Well, that's the medical, um, that kind of give, is there anything else that I'm missing in, in the questions I asked you with regard to medical and what, you know, the changes that Maybe just Maybe I would there? just like to add, besides the steps taken to ensure increased patient access, um, for example, the, the lift on the restrictions for physicians and, and, and a lowering in the amount of um, application fees patients um, would have to pay. Also, uh, the recommendations, including allowing for edibles. Oh, okay. So right now in New Jersey, even under the medical program, we don't allow for edibles. Oh, it so, was only flour? Exactly. At this point. And, and that obviously um, causes some problems when you're talking about cancer patients who may have lung cancer. Uh, of course. You know, and, and right now in New Jersey, they're, they're only permitted to, to consume by smoking. So, I see. Um, that piece and, and a couple other small pieces recommended by the governor will have to be done legislatively. I see. However, there is overwhelming support. Um, in both houses, and frankly, by both parties, to increase the medical program. There's not a lot of pushback on that, I, and um, I'm confident that cooler heads will, will prevail on this and that the governor could get that legisl those legislative fixes done relatively quickly. Um, and what about the amounts? Like, is it, was there a restriction on the amount that you could order and, and, and receive? Yep. And has that been increased? Exactly, yep. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, so right now, a patient is limited to two ounces of medicine per month. Um, the recommendation um, from the governor's office and the Department of Health would allow that to go up to four ounces per month. To me, just recreationally, that seems like a lot, but I guess some people really need it, you know, badly. And, yeah. And, and, when when you talk about patients under certain um, that are dealing with some significant medical conditions that need medicine on a, sort of on a 24-7 basis. I yeah, see. That's, okay. That's where that can well, that's good. It. I'm glad that, so that was another way. I don't want to keep painting the previous administration as sort of doing this to, to be evil, but that seems like another way that they were putting a chokehold on it. Absolutely. By, by the amount. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. Well, um, since last year, the effort to possibly legalize adult use marijuana has been a hot topic of discussion among decision makers in Trenton, as well as the general public. What advice would you give to advocates of legalization on how, how best to get involved with that process? Because that's by no means a done deal. 
Correct. Exactly. And that's where this gets a little tricky. So um, as I said before, there's overwhelming support both publicly and in the legislature and obviously in the governor's office to expand the medical program. But when we start getting into adult use and recreational is uh, where we um, experience some challenges here. And and right now, um, we still ha need to convince some legislators that it's a good thing to do. And the association, we're seeing more and more advocates and people we meet in Trenton at, at different events that ask us that that same question and say, you know, Tim, I'm, I'm an advocate. I want to get involved. How can I be helpful? I don't want to just show up and, and, and waste my time and waste your time. But how can I really be helpful on this? And what I would say is now is the time where we're starting to we've identified some legislators who are um, the term we use is on the fence, right? That need some convincing um, that maybe lean yes or lean no, but, but either way need more follow-up. Um, and from our experience, uh, a, a good way to do that is to, for legislators to hear from their constituents. And that means people in their district that live in their district to call their legislative offices, to speak with their legislators at events in their district when they see them, or to show up to their office or write letters to show that kind of support from people in their districts, both on the medical side and both on, on adult use. And since we're speaking about adult use, uh, I would suggest that the best way for an advocate in New Jersey to get involved and do something meaningful and really help you know, maybe a flip a vote. And, and and right now it may come down to one or two votes in the Senate or one or two votes in the Assembly. So we're talking about valuable votes here. So um, I would suggest, number one, feel free to contact the New Jersey Cannabis Industry Association, myself, Dara, Hugh, um, anybody at the association will be happy to, to talk this through with you. Um, tell you about the process, you know, help you identify your legislators. So that um, you can do that by finding us on NewJerseyCIA.org. And on there, you can find Dara Service's name, Timothy White's name, and Hugh O'Burn. And uh, you can contact us. I believe there's a, actually just a general email that will yes. go to yep. all, all three of you. Yep. Okay, good. But anybody will be able to uh, help out. Um, anybody has any questions about how to get involved. But but now is the time. Now, now we're actually looking for real advocates, and we're energizing uh, members of the public who have uh, expressed willingness to help us, and, and that's how we're doing it. I think the public uh, just... Given recent events, and you know, depending on which side you fall on either of, of the amazing things that are happening today, people have learned to to start calling their their legislators. Absolutely, and we've been doing it now, kind of on a national level, but certainly on a state level as well, telling them whether you want more gun control or or less. These are things that I would say people weren't really doing even five six months ago. Exactly. And even now, like most of my friends are doing it. They say, right. oh yeah, I called my legislature. So that's something that we could be doing now uh, with regard to marijuana as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. It seems like it's less important, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. And, and these legislators do want to hear what they're, because when you say they're on a fence, it's not like they're like looking for research. Maybe they are. But, some, some are. But so, primarily- they're waiting to hear what their constituents exactly. want. That's always the, there, there's sort of the two-pronged approach and most legislators think along these lines. There's the intellectual policy argument, which they have their opinions on. And then there's the practical, you know, they go out in their districts every night and talk to their constituents. And if they hear feedback from the constituents, if it's negative, it'll sway them one way or if it's positive, it'll sway them the other. Um, and we've spoke to legislators that, that have told us, you know, point blank, I need to hear from my constituents. more. I, want, I need to see how this, how my constituents feel about this issue. And that's a fair, that's a, it's a fair request. Absolutely.
Absolutely. Well, Tim, thank you so much for the incredibly clear uh, and concise explanation about this. And part of the promise of this type of episode is that we're going to keep it brief. Yep. And so I think that's a good way to end right there. (laughs) Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to talking with you and I guess Dara next time. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And And as we've seen this, um, the these issues are moving forward quickly so um, I anticipate that um, these podcasts uh, will be continually valuable for uh, folks who are interested in learning more about yeah about the issue. and and uh, if they have to come out faster than once a month they will they will yeah yep. <laughs> all right well thank you very much thank you Tom Osiris this podcast is in the loop the Legion of Osiris Podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com.